Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of Fox and Hops. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking with Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, as well as the man behind the awesome podcast uh, with metal and beer, two of my favorite things, Vox and Hops. And I also have Jerry, who is a fan of both Vox and Hops and Cryptopsy. So how are you guys doing? Great, great. Doing good, doing good. Awesome. Thanks so much, you guys, for being on here. So I kind of want to start off with, like, I feel like, you know, we should get to know each other a little bit better. Jerry, I'm like, you are my idol as far as like the curator of uh, metal. Um, I love your list. You know, Jerry, uh, was it Jerry with the J special on Spotify? Yes. I actually picked up on that in one of the Thursday Thursdays that Matt hosts for uh, Vox and Hops. I was curious, like, what is your origin story with extreme metal and how did you get it? Like, what was your first experience with Cryptopsy? And- uh, my first experience with Cryptopsy was actually I found None So Vile on YouTube a couple of years ago, and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> awesome. And uh, it just kind of went from there. I was already kind of into extreme metal at that, t- at that time. I had found Behemoth and Job for a Cowboy yeah. probably about 20, uh, probably back in 2007, like when MySpace was huge. That was kind of my gateway into extreme music was MySpace. Oh, cool. So kind of the, the old school uh, uh, avenue into metal. Definitely. Awesome. So, um, so Matt, I know that on your podcast, you had this really great section of your interviews with people that were from your past that gave like kind of the origin story behind you. And I was, uh, you know, I, I checked out Three Mile Scream. Um, uh, hopefully it doesn't, this doesn't, isn't derogatory but i kind of thought of it as like metalcore a little bit no it was <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, which is fine you know it, it's not necessarily my my gig but uh totally people love it um but i was wondering how much of a stretch was that for you to jump into then cryptopsy which is like just fucking you know tactical death metal it was massive i was completely unprepared I jumped out of an airplane with a broken parachute. I, I did my best is really what the unspoken king is. I really, really did my best to, to deliver the most extreme vocals that I could. But I was 100% a metalcore vocalist. There was no deathcore in there. A lot of people like to throw that word around when, yeah. whenever the unspoken king is mentioned. But there, there was no, <laughs> at least for me, you know, of course, I'm from Montreal. I knew, you know, despised icon. Right. I had their CDs. I enjoyed them, but I was in no way a deathcore child. I was a metalcore, a new metal child who evolved into a metalcore okay. child cool. and ended up in Cryptopsy. But but my old band, Three Mile Scream, was 100% wanted to be a part of the, it was a mixture between the the new wave of American heavy metal, yeah. which is, you know, Lamb of God, Kill Switch Engage, Shadows Fall, melding with the the Swedish scene at the gates, um the haunted was extremely extremely influential on three mile scream and awesome. i still i still like those records and, the haunted uh, is fucking awesome yeah super underrated peter dolving all the way yeah. but uh, <laughs> uh no offense the other dude mike i think his name is mike but uh, yeah. uh although the haunted made me do it's the one that i really got into yeah and then peter dolving's madness is what really kept me there yeah but but that's really really what it all stemmed from and then i ended up in Cryptopsy because Donaldson produced uh, Three Mile Scream. And as he still does to this day, he shows off his mixes because he's proud of them and he's proud of the work that he's done. And Flo was in a transitionary period of his life mm-hmm. and wanted, wanted something more, wanted to have uh, some clean vocals. He loves, you know, Faith No More, Radiohead. Yeah. And he wanted to evolve and make Cryptopsy even more avant-garde. Did we do it right? I don't think so, but you know, everybody's got clean vocals and extreme metal now. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I was going to say, yeah. You know, was that, uh, um, how was, was the rest of the band as accepting of the clean singing? Because I mean, there's the clean singing, I think is a little different that you were doing in three mile screen that it is, you know, it's kind of a, uh, an accent to cryptopsy, whereas it was a kind of a featured component with three mile screen. 
A hundred percent, yes. It was it was really just me trying to fit. I knew they wanted clean vocals, so I tried to fit it onto the record. Yeah. It obviously didn't fit the way it fit with Three Mile, because Three Mile, it was like a showcased. We wrote parts so I could sing, whereas yeah. with Cryptopsy, I just sort of had to fit them in. The songs were already complete. Uh, and no, the band was not all on, on board with it. It was a very fragmented band to grow to join because nobody was on board with what the vision of the album was going to be they they had written some songs but nobody had a cohesive uh concept everybody had their own concept donaldson the the christian donaldson mm -hmm. who's still in the band now with me the guitarist um still felt like he was new and he had no place in the band and he was really a part of someone else's band and he was doing he was a hired gun in his mind oh. at that time so as a producer he was recording me and all the all the clean vocals he was like this like with a disgusted <laughs> smelling shit face saying yeah it's good but but he hated it he hated and he still hates that album to this day really yeah wow. <laughs> i i honestly don't listen to it very often and when i do listen to it there's certain tracks that i i you know like bound dead is a track that I feel has aged well and is something that's interesting and had we released the unspoken King as a separate project would have gone over much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking this though. I have to talk about this. It. It's so good. Yeah. This is uh, from pub Prusky. They are the, the smoothie Kings from oh. here uh, in Montreal. They are in the old port of Montreal in a beautiful, beautiful brand new tap room. I think it was two years ago, maybe a year ago. It's a smoothie sour, 5.2%. It has mango, peach, and passion fruit in it. It basically is a, a kettle sour brew. People wow. will correct me if I'm wrong. Mixed with a whole bunch of fruit puree, and it's to die for. They really make say, When you were pouring that out, I was like, holy shit, is he drinking orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> Never. No. <laughs> I take my mimosas without orange juice. <laughs> I, re I never drink juices, try them. Oh, really? Mm. All right. Well, so since we're sharing beers, I'm going to share the, uh, it's the Wild Away IPA from uh, actually Stormcloud. Um, they're in Michigan, and this is like a Belgian-inspired IPA. So Very cool. Yeah. Gary, what do, you, what do you get on your end? I've got a, a local microbrew. I've shared them on the Thursday Thursday several times uh, from, from Intrinsic Brewing uh, right down the street from my house. I've got their Flanders Red, I guess it's going to be a 10 because it's got an X. So it's a Flan uh, Flemish Sour. Uh, I saw they uh, shared it a couple days on their Facebook, and I said, hey, man, I love a good Belgian. So went down there and grabbed that uh, earlier tonight. I was hoping they ha were going to have their new collaboration. It's a pho-based beer um, with another brewery that popped up here in Dallas, but they're actually releasing that tomorrow. So I'll be back there tomorrow to grab some of that. What, what, is, a, what is a pho? See, I don't know. That. Pho, pho, like the Vietnamese soup. Oh, mm. shit. So yeah. it's got like Thai chilies, some basil in there. I, I think I had that on one of the Thirsty Thursdays earlier this year from the other the other brewery had released it, their version. Uh, they're called Vector Brewing. They're a new brewery in Dallas. And uh, Intrinsic was in on the collab with that. And now Intrinsic is brewing their version with Vector, but here in Garland at Intrinsic. Very cool. Wow, very, yeah. very cool. We're talking a lot about Thirsty Thursdays, and we're not, we haven't introduced it properly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, who, Jerry, why don't you introduce what Thursday Thursday is? Thursday Thursday is something Matt started at the uh, beginning of the pandemic, uh, where every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we all get, uh, a group of us get together, and we just talk about what's going on in our lives, try to keep it super positive. Don't talk about, you know, politics or COVID or anything and just talk about metal. Usually have a question of the week. Other people throw out questions, you know, like, you know, what's your favorite album of the year? What's your least yeah. favorite album of the year? What's your favorite band? What's your least favorite band? Just, you know, a place to kind of get together. Kind of like you're sitting at the bar. Yeah. And just talking. Yeah. yeah I, I quickly, quickly discovered not to talk about COVID when I started these <laughs> Me and Jessica, we finished, I think it was the second second week, and we're like, we can't talk about COVID anymore. <laughs> it's too depressing. Yeah. We have to, this has to be like a positive thing that just, and, right. and I started it on a whim. I had, I had no idea that it would work. It was really just, I wanted to hang out with some people, and I yeah. invited, you know, the Vox and Hops alumni, which are the previous guests that I'd had on the podcast. 
which, you know, as a touring artist, you, you make friends all across the globe and you hang out like intensely for, for three weeks. It's like those friends that you make at summer camp, <laughs> you know, as a child, you're your uh, best yeah. friends for life. It's, it's yeah. just, you go through these experiences and they're so, they seem so important at the time. Right. <laughs> in all reality, it's sort of just nonsense. And, but, <laughs> but, but so I invited all these people that I missed and I opened it up to, to, you know, the Vox and Hops heads, my, the listeners to the podcast. And Jer- Jerry's honestly been at every single Thirsty Thursday. And I did it consecutively for five months, six months. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even sure until just recently I started just doing it once a month. Uh, because uh, I felt like with everyone, the world sort of opening up, everyone had a bit more time on their hands and I didn't want to, uh, you know, make them feel obligated to come hang out with me every Thursday, (laughs) (laughs) which I I loved. It was fun. Yeah. I was happy to make a couple of them. I didn't, I I didn't make them all, but I got to a couple of them and I was, that was really cool. It was a, it's a great experience. I mean, um, uh, what I liked about it, uh, especially is that aspect of like Jerry, what you're saying, um, just sitting around and talking about music because that's uh, something that sometimes, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but uh, I'm not necessarily an outgoing person. Um, I'm a bit of an introvert and I, I've seen that a lot with a, a bunch of metal people I've met. We're kind of introverted. We're um, maybe on the edge of nerdy as far as like talking about, you know, music, you know, some people are just like super and like, they can tell you every goddamn album that came out when it came out. And <laughs> I'm not that at that level. Um, but you can also talk the way about beer too. You know, you can get into every little thing about them hops and this and that. And um, I don't know where the hell I was going with that, but basically <laughs> um, there's that feeling of like, being able to share some of those conversations. And I think that was what appealed to me about um, the Thursday Thursday is just kind of a casual conversation, music, beer, and just get to hang out. Absolutely. And we're all introverts. I feel like the whole group, we're all, you know, those probably weird kids in high school that, that listened to that strange music that didn't fit in with the crowd. Right. Um, personally, I started enjoying alcohol and beers much later than the rest of my peers. So. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a strange, it's a beautiful, beautiful community. And the more that I see it grow, and I'm watching things happening, such as totally legal beer trades, and, uh, <laughs> and 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 people hanging out and visiting right. each other in different cities. And I know, I know that when I go on tour again, when when the apocalypse is over, and, and Cryptopsy is allowed to come through. With, you know, yeah. the States and, and Ukraine and Mexico. And, and, you know, we've had people from the UK. Uh, I know that all these people are going to come out and hang out with me. We're going to go grab a beer and then do a, a live in-person Thirsty Thursday. It's going to be amazing. And, and yeah. honestly, I've been hanging out with these people more than I hang out with my friends. So, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. When you told me Jerry was going to come on, I was like, awesome. I'm, I'm like, pure, I'm like <laughs> extremely at ease. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, I thought of Jerry uh, just because the couple of times I was on the um, Thursday Thursday group, um, that's where I got introduced again. Jerry, you know, thanks for that um, that Spotify list because it's so awesome. And I was just like, I, I need to meet this guy and get and spend a little time with him because it was just, um, yeah, I was just blown away by all the music you had on there. And Jerry's I a, the best. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, Jerry. Um, so. Sometimes I feel like, you know, there's, um, I'm obviously an older dude. Um, back in the day, you know, we didn't have like a, a fire hose of music coming at you. Now um, there is a fire hose. It's like a ton of stuff. Yeah, so definitely. You're, you're kind of curating this really interesting list with a, a good mix of like extreme music. Um, do you find that your, your, uh, your, your filters have to be a little bit more nuanced or are you just like, let me just swim in this stream of all this music and I'm going to grab whatever I can, you know, comes close by. Yeah. Uh, some of the websites I use to find music, they have like a band camp thing in there where I can listen to the song without leaving the website yeah. or like a YouTube link or something. And I'll listen to it. If it's something that grabs my attention, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a list in my phone where I like every week by date, like, okay, this is what's coming out this week. Yeah. And I'll just put it in there and, and I may listen to it and a couple songs and now it's not for me and I'll just, you know, dump it in the bin. But something that really within the first few songs really grabs me, 
I'll throw it in that playlist because I know there's been a few people like uh, Dave. I threw in a band called Yatra. It's a doom band. Yeah. Yeah. And they've released three albums since last year. They like they've released two albums this year, one last week. And Dave was like, "Man, this band is like everything I've ever wanted." Thank you. And I was like, "Well, right. they're putting out another album in October, so get ready." So yeah, I, I've definitely I have my preferences, but then sometimes I'll kind of branch out on something that I maybe tried in the past and didn't like, and came back. Okay, yeah, that clicks with me now, and so I'll, I'll throw that in there as well. Cool, cool. He's the best. I tell you, I tell you, I, I, he sends me the reason why there is a a Jerry with a J playlist is because he sends me music all the time, he, <laughs> multiple bands a week, and I've discovered quite a few that, that that have immediately become, you know, gems. You know, like yeah, Hail Hat, Hat, yeah, <laughs> like Hat. You know, and and I'm, I keep seeing this band grow and grow and grow, and I hope that it's coming from Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, a couple of guys from the Thirsty Thursday, Evan and Philippe, um, they have a, their own podcast, and they had Frank and Peter from Half On, and they they were talking about how people have messaged them saying I sent them, and I'm like, <laughs> the group I like the group I was in that where I discovered Half, a lot of people knew about. It. I mean, it's about five thousand people, so you know, stuff, stuff gets lost in the mix. But I have seen. Uh, on like half music videos or the galactic criminal uh, reaction to usurpation. Like people say, Oh, I found this, this music and I recognize the people. So I know it's someone I told and right. it's pretty fulfilling to see that I can help get a band a yeah. little bit more recognition. Yeah. And, and they, they talked about that even with the Bandcamp Friday, their sales have, jump through the roof with the hive ep yeah. release that's awesome but they're amazing they're amazing and so so i just hit up jerry and i was like can you just make like a playlist <laughs> for the thirsty thursday gang where where, where you put all this music because because i i my life has changed since covid I, I'm, I'm home more and i'm not taking public transport anymore so i used to listen to a lot of music on public transport that's really how I would get my my music into me. Yeah. But now I'm biking, and, and in Montreal you can't you can't listen to music and bike. It's it's yeah. dangerous. So 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 during the pandemic it was easy because I was at home. I was working from home, and I could just put stuff on in the background, which is how I discovered Meth Witch. That, 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 that just <laughs> yeah. terrified my wife. And my wife my wife can listen to anything, and she's never complained before. But Meth Witch was one that it was too much. And I wrote him right away. I was like, I have to, and that's exactly the pitch that I gave him. I was like my wife listens to everything, but you were too much. I must speak to you. And he was amazing. <laughs> Super great, great, great episode. But, but it was a, you know, Jerry has an ear and, and it's something that I would, would like to, you know, cater more to the masses. And, and I really think he should be an A&R. So I've said, I've told him this a few times. Yeah, but, I, was gonna I, say. I would love to get Jerry an A&R job. So, so I was going to pitch it to, to someone, but sadly he's not a part of the label anymore. But I'll find something. I'm going to make it happen somehow. At least get the conversation going because I feel like he has a perfect ear. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like Jerry, do you do like um, do you do reviews and that kind of stuff? Interviews and no, such? no. I just like you like, just love metal. Yeah, I just <laughs> like I. I have. A, I'm pretty lucky. The job I work in, I work in a lab, and I, my job, I'm pretty much isolated from everybody else, so I can right. spend eight hours a day listening to music and so that's why that's why i found so much stuff because literally i i am sitting at a computer running a machine and that's all i can really do i can't really walk away and do much so that's what i do is i just eight hours a day listen to music and if i'm working on a weekend i'm there about four or five hours and i'm just listening to music and it helps me get in a flow uh-huh. throughout the day and that's and if I have any downtime at home or if I'm driving somewhere, like you know, a good 20, 30 minutes. I live in Dallas, so right. everything's kind of spread out. So I'll find something on Spotify I've been wanting to listen to and just or Bandcamp and just listen to it. Cool. And that's that's how I discover a lot of stuff. That's awesome. Um, so I I don't want to dominate the the questioning. Um, 
you know, the interrogation. So, so Jerry, do you have any questions you want to ask Matt? No. Uh, <laughs> no, you know he's asked yeah, them all. He's answered I say, so he's many. I already I've, asked them all. Yeah, I, man, it's like we've, <laughs> we've known. You know, we've known each other. Like, talked for seven months. I mean, we've been right. Facebook friends longer than that. At least over a year communicating. Yeah, yeah, about a year communicating. Because you know, I found the podcast back in like January of 2019. So it's pretty young. Okay, cool. And I was taking a, a class uh, for work to get some certifications. It was uh, I, like microbiology, so it was a lot of studying. So I just Googled metal podcast, and it was one of the top ones that came up. And I was like, well, I like beer. I like metal. I like cryptopsy. All right, let's, you know, let's check this out. And then while I was studying or taking quizzes or you know, doing lab reports or whatever, I just was listening, and then I found – the Facebook page. And that's when he asked for music recommendations. I said, well, this just came out as the half. I said, yeah. I've been like, this was a instant buy. You should check this out. And then the next week he was like, I don't remember who sent this to me, <laughs> but Holy shit. Album this is amazing. Week. I think it was the first album of the week when I started doing albums. Yeah. Week. Yeah. I think so. Cause I think once I found the podcast and started listening to it, they were like, okay, something I'll enjoy. I found yeah. the, the, uh, found the Facebook page and I just started following that. And I was going to try to go out to their show with uh, benighted and aborted the hideous divinity, but I had class that day. I didn't know if I could make it out. So um, yeah, that's, that's how night. me and, yeah, me and Matt <laughs> talked for over a year. Yeah. So, th so that's, that's a really cool dynamic because um, I, I think uh, a, a lot of, in, this could be me uh, projecting, but uh, a lot of fans have trouble, um, you know, kind of making that connection with the, with somebody that they think is, you know, you know, you're in this band. So you've got to be some fucking awesome guy that is beyond me. But then when you actually get to talk with them, you find out like just regular dude, you know, but he's just fucking awesome singer, you know, yeah. uh, he's in this band. So, you know, what does that mean to you when you have this kind of connection with somebody that you admire as a, an artist, but then you also get to know them as a friend? Like, does that change the way you see them as an artist or does it um, just enhance what you think of them? I think a little bit of both. Like I can see that he's just a normal guy, just like me, but it also like, Hey, this guy that's in this band that like millions of people around the globe, maybe even billions of people know Right. So I even had some of my personal friends like see that he's commented on something like some stupid picture I meme or something I share on Facebook and he comments on it. They're like, they message me like, you know, Matt from Cryptopsy. I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, him talk all the time. They're like, you know, Matt from Cryptopsy. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I know Matt from Cryptopsy or, you know, even the guys from Hass, you mm -hmm. know, Oh, you know, you know, half I'm like, uh, I kind of, you know, talked about them for like the past year yeah you know, yeah. The, you know the half guys yeah so it's a little bit of a mix of both but i mean like there are definitely some artists that if i ever meet i will have a legitimate freak out moment <laughs> right and i was i'm kind of wondering like because it's making me think of a couple of things um we're in this uh world where um, you've got lots of great art. You've got people that are like Matt who are, um, you know, well-known musicians as well as podcasters. Um, you get to have this relationship with them. Um, and then there's, um, there's this other level of like, and I, I kind of think of it as like older school, like, you know, like the dudes, like Gene Simmons, you know, not that I'm a huge Gene Simmons fan, but you know, they're up here and, and they don't really interact as much with their fans as somebody like Matt. And I'm, I'm curious, does that change the way your dynamic when you think about like a band like Cryptopsy and you're thinking like, Oh yeah, this is really fucking awesome. Um, versus that band that's in the stratosphere that you were like, oh, I'm never going to be able to talk to somebody like that. Probably a little bit just shows that they're a little bit more down to earth. Yeah. To me. I mean, yeah. I've, I mean, I've met some famous uh, athletes and stuff and, you know, they kind of like shook my hand and just walked by after that. But, right. you know, I, I can tell with extreme music, 
the artists are a little bit more appreciative as someone like in a bigger band. Like I saw Dark Tranquility a couple of years ago and Mikel, which is one of my favorite artists, yeah, sh- like shook everybody's hand. There's maybe 75 people at the show. It was a Monday night. It was raining. Right. And he shook everyone's hand at least twice. That's awesome. That was up at the stage and was like, thank you. Thank you for coming out. You didn't have to be here. And yeah. And even some of the smaller bands are the same way. Like they'll come oh, out yeah. in the crowd and they'll hang out with you and they'll say, Hey, you know, appreciate you coming out. Or if you go buy merch or they're the ones running their merch booth. So it's, you know, like, so you go see Metallica, James Hetfield is not going to be running the merch booth. <laughs> I, know. I, I think it comes down to, to, to the level of the bands too. Obviously, these big artists are not going to be as accessible to the fans because it's it's a, a construct of habit right. and comfort because they're used to just being, what time do I have to be at the venue? They show up, they do a sound check, they go back to their hotel, they come back. They never have that, you know, they'd have to be make it a priority in their schedule and, and it'd have to be like something that comes from them as an individual. Whereas most of the time they're not even like organized that way. So, so like, it's like straight to the stage, straight to the backstage and you never even see the fans. So yeah. they're at like a level that is, is, is completely different than an extreme metal show where I'm, where I have to go shit right before I play in the same bathroom that everyone uses. So, so I'm going to meet everyone. <laughs> And then, and then and then wash my hands, and and uh, <laughs> and I hope that there's a door on the stall, which a lot of the time there there isn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then, and then you know I'm at the merch booth afterwards, slinging slinging some shirts. That's that's what I do, and I I've been doing that for years. I just, and that's how you meet people and chat, and you know you you end up traveling around the globe many times and you go back to cities and it's the same people and it's a sense of community. And I miss that a lot, not, not being on the road, uh, my, my global metal family, people in, in each city that I'm used to seeing, sharing a brew with. It's, it's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to having back. Yeah. So, um, so man, I'm just curious, like what is going on with Cryptopsy? Um, are you guys working on music? I know it's kind of hard to be, together um are you doing like um uh, i i know you've mentioned before um that maybe the band is more of a kind of let's get together in the jam room kind of thing as opposed to uh swapping mp3s but um no that's completely that wrong kind of... completely wrong actually uh, oh, we okay. we write in front of a computer it, okay. it's been it's been a debate for for many years in the band it was it was an argument for many years in the band um, some members rather write in a jam room, as, you, as yeah. you're explaining. But but the man that actually records us enjoys sitting in front of his computer and and writing that way. So yeah. so he he trumped us all. So so, <laughs> so that so that's what we were doing when when Trump pulled the 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 plug on all international flights back in March. We were in a cabin in the woods writing a new cryptopsy record. We are not doing a new installment for the Book of Suffering for right now. There is no Tome 3 coming out. Uh, we signed uh, to a very cool metal label that I can't talk about, and I keep saying that for the past eight months. It's, while. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely frustrating. I'd love to tell everyone. I'm sure that everyone can imagine who it is, but I can't say it because that would be wrong. Uh, but it's, it's uh, someone that I've always wanted to be a part of. And uh, it's, uh, we're writing a full length. We are just about finished the writing process. Uh, what I, we have written... We started off writing together in the cabin and then we went home and the the pandemic was intense so we were doing some zoom sessions where chris was in his studio and he we could hear exactly what was happening in his studio it was very frustrating for him we did you know maybe 10 10 sessions like that and wrote a bunch of other material and then uh everything sort of got opened up here in in quebec montreal Mm -hmm. region over the summer so the guys wrote together a bunch more in the studio and they subsequently just shut us all down again. So, so we're tinkering back ideas. We're missing about one track oh. to have a full length. But everything that they've written is pure madness. It's like Cryptopsy with a modern twist. Not Ooh. modern in like a, yeah. a trendy twist. Just, just something new once again. Because Cryptopsy is an ever-evolving beast depending on where we are all at in our lives. And that's been the story of Cryptopsy forever. But it is very 
very cryptopsy and 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 Chris struggled for many years to 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 step out of John Lavassar's shadow because he for you know a majority of of the 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 era the spectrum the the lifespan of cryptopsy it was John right. writing the material you know like uh, Steve Thibault wrote a lot of the early stuff and then John came in and it was his sound that was coming out a lot of people were contributing stuff right John Avasar was the madman that was cryptopsy for many years and chris felt pressure mad pressure for, for a long long time up until recently even through the book of suffering he was feeling pressure maybe on tome two he started to feel a bit more comfortable mm-hmm. and now i think he's really come into his own and knows what modern cryptopsy needs to sound like and it's, it's the material is so far is, is fantastic I'm, I'm really really looking forward to uh diving into it i have a whole concept i know what the record is going to be called uh it's 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 i came up with it before the pandemic but thanks to the pandemic it's even more concretized is more even more solidified the, yeah. the, the need for me to talk about this concept because i wanted to come up with something that i could actually speak about and care about and 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 share information about because i think the world needs it and that's something that I think is important as a lyricist and as a frontman to uh, find if you're going to do a conceptual yeah. record. Yeah. So, uh, do you, I, I, you said that you, you guys started in the in the cabin in the woods prior. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so prior to that, but and then you continued to work through the the pandemic. Did the pandemic bleed into that music and start to to change maybe a little bit of the direction, change the intensity, change the emotion? No, no, because Chris is always very dark and evil we, we were teasing we were teasing that, that we, we, we did we did like a writing session and then the world shut down and then just recently they did another writing session and then the world shut down again <laughs> so so we were teasing but it's, it's just us being silly <laughs> but no it didn't change you know chris chris has a, a chris is extremely meticulous and and knows what what cryptopsy needs to be he is the person that you know flow obviously does as well but but chris really has a, a strong hold on what cryptopsy should sound like and what visual representations should represent cryptopsy. Cool. Um, I'm curious, like for both of you guys, what is your sense for um, related to the pandemic um, when you think actual shows will, will begin? Because I know that 2021 they're, they're starting to schedule some stuff out. I know I've gotten some tickets for things that got canceled um, but I'm not really convinced. And uh, I was curious what your guys' take was on that. Here you go first, Jerry. I have to take a mad break and I have a very long-winded question afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I think maybe like in the outer lying areas where things maybe aren't as bad, you know, some of those like smaller marketplaces may get to get some of the stuff first before say like Dallas or Boston or LA right. or San Francisco where, you know, there's a heavy populated area, but I, I would probably say being generous summer next year. Cause I mean, like, you know, we had yeah. devastation on the nation was rescheduled for March and April and he's already canceled that completely saying, uh, you know, yeah, it's too early. You know, you know venues that venues that were on the tour are, are shut down because you know, lack of money, no money coming in. Uh, How am I going to support three bands from Europe if they can even get into the country? You know, how are we going to be able to support them? And uh, so he's already shut that down. I mean, I know there's been some stuff locally that was April, May-ish next year have already been canceled. Uh, I've seen some stuff here in Dallas for like late next year, like September, October is still on the books. So, but yeah, like I was saying, uh, smaller market stuff, maybe before the big markets. Yeah. And uh, luckily here in Dallas, one of Matt's favorite places is an open air gas monkey bar and grill. Oh yeah. I've heard of that. So uh, I think maybe they'll get some shows before, because I know they've done a couple of like local shows, uh, uh, a band that usually opens up for ingested called I am destruction. They did a, a show in August or September there, but it was just, tables and you you know tables and yeah. chairs only yeah kind of like uh Garia from portugal did this past weekend they did two shows one in lisbon and one in porto i think yeah um and then i know there's one in january with an even smaller local band that's uh doing like a birthday bash for one of their members and it's tables only 
like yeah. no, you know, and you know, I've been to I'm a not, couple of drive-in I'm, shows, but yeah, I'm not interested in the sitting down chairs thing. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a friend ask me if I was going to go to the birthday bash. One, I was like, I will literally take a chair and throw it into the pond <laughs> next to Gas Monkey. I was like, there, there's, there is no hey. way I, I will be able to sit down for a whole show. You got to watch out for those turtles, though, Jerry. <laughs> See that that place used to be a, a like a bar and grill f- called Firewater, and it was like the lo- like small local shows only played there. There was like no touring acts, you know, back when I was in college, so like mid two thousands. Yeah, it's a great venue. Yeah, yeah. is the, uh, so there are some local shows going on because there's there's been some here in Michigan. There's some stuff that's opened up. Um, it's like I think twenty people per thousand square feet. Um, like indoors and still I'm not totally hip on that because I'm just not sure that everybody's going to stay in their little zone of comfort. So, um, but yeah, there's been some local shows, but we've got nothing as far as national stuff going on. So. Yeah, there's, there's been uh they had like earlier in like May and June, they had some cover bands and they would live stream it. There was like no, like they, cause it's a bar and grill, it was a restaurant so they could have like 25% oh, yeah capacity so like people would be there but they had to be sitting down and they could like people could watch and tip virtually for the cover band and you know but i mean i don't i don't know how well that went but yeah there's been just a couple of actual like <laughs> yeah local bands that have actually played in dallas that i know of so matt what was your uh, feel uh, for my take i i moved on to to the steep of faith from nice. uh four origins brewing company from here in montreal this is a, a brew, a, a wit beer that has been brewed with tea and raspberries and strawberries. This version, it switches up all the time. Sweet. It is uh, delicious. It's got a little dryness because of the tea and a little fruity because yeah. of the fruits. It's delicious. Cheers. Cheers. Um, for myself. Cheers. I have to say uh, that, that my opinion on this, and I would love to be wrong, is that we won't see any tourists until at least the fall of 2021 that is the only time that i will even be interested and start thinking about booking tours for for my band you know that's my vote in a in a group of of, a group of people you know so so yeah but i i honestly i'm seeing all these bands book shows and then reschedule them and i'm i'm wondering if, if they're doing it just to keep the hype going because they just dropped a record and they mm-hmm. want to appear active and, and want to stay in their fans, you know, minds. And, and I feel bad for all these, these bands like, like, like Cattle Decapitation, as an example, who dropped probably the best record of their, their career yeah. last November. And, and the whole momentum was just pulled out of their sales and then this whole year there's new releases that are being dropped that that people haven't had a chance to to see so what's going to happen with a band like that are they going to come out of the pandemic still soaring or is it going to be are they going to have to build back up and and fight with all these other people i don't know but i i don't see montreal just shut down again quebec just shut down again and and we're shutting down for they asked us to stay inside and and away from people for 28 days, starting from October 1st till October 28th. And and I feel like I've heard news today. I'm not sure if it's real news or hearsay news that that it's going to continue until Christmas. And, and, and it's, it's not over this, this pandemic is not over. A lot of of people don't believe in it. and, And I hear a lot of people that I know don't believe in it and are not, are, are becoming more, um, questioning it, uh, the the validity of it, yep. And and I don't know, I don't know. Until it's safe for everyone to go play a show, I don't see why we should. And I I, yeah. I don't see even those tables. I don't want to play a show where people are sitting at tables. I think it's lame. Yeah, that's not what extreme metal is about. Extreme metal right. is about being sonically assaulted, physically assaulted, and and visually assaulted. And and yeah. that that is what extreme metal is about. So save the tables for John Mayer. Cryptop Steve will be there when we can play a show properly. Right. And live streams are the same thing. And you know, Behemoth nailed it. Yeah, it was that really, was really, awesome. really, really yeah, well done. That was but it, amazing. But it has to be like a visual spectacle. And how many bands have the budget to pull that off? I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really, really don't know. Even I, in my mind, as, as it's going, 2021 might even be a wash-up, and just we might just start moving to 2022. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I'm 
but yeah, I'm like you, Matt. I, I think it's later in 2021 as opposed to earlier. I think yeah. anybody that's going sooner than that's just asking to cancel. But you know, I could be wrong. Who knows? But you I know, what? I'm, I'm that there's still lots of great new music coming out. So that's what's keeping me motivated, you know, and getting able to talk to people like you guys, you know, so it's all good. I think <laughs> right. Everyone's home. So you can talk to a ball check. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did when I realized everyone was home and I was like, Oh my God, I can do this on the internet. Yeah. And, and that was, I think, I think when the pandemic hit, I released episode 119 and tomorrow I'm dropping episode 192 and 193. <laughs> yeah so, so. you're like a machine there <laughs> there's something charging the battery <laughs> <laughs> it rhymes with Maraf Maria <laughs> so so Matt did you have uh, uh, questions for, for for me or Jerry yeah I'd love to know uh, what what keeps you guys going through all, all of this what where, where what is the something that is positive that came out of the pandemic that 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 you didn't have before it started. Wow, Jerry, you want to go first? I know his uh, answer. I know his answer. It's, it's definitely the Thursday Thursday. I mean, <laughs> I've we have me and Matt have met people like I said from the Ukraine. I think we've had New Zealand, Australia, UK, Mexico, uh, Spain was the guy from Spain. I think so. We had a guy from Ireland once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, I mean, yeah. we've had people from all over the globe. And it's something that I've set a goal as, I mean, when I was, when I was in high school, I took French and I've started Duolingo trying to relearn some French because a goal of mine was always to get to Montreal. I don't know why, but that was a goal in high school. So now I have a group of people, yeah. Matt and all the guys in Thursday, Thursday that I could, I could hang out with when I go and could show me things where to go, where not to go, where to stay, where not to stay. So it's, it's, that's definitely been the number one thing. That's something my wife early on was like, do this, you need this. Cause I, all I was doing was going to work and coming home. Right. And I was, you know, my schedule changes working 10 hour shifts versus eight hour shifts off a couple of days. It was weird. I was, you know, one day I was just sitting at home checking emails for work. So that definitely kept me, on an even kilter mentally since awesome. I, you know, I really couldn't spend time with anybody outside of family. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the hardest part is that you, I, I remember thinking, um, so uh, I started doing like zoom meetings with uh, friends, you know, because we really couldn't get together and we do like a Friday version. That's Thursday, Thursday, basically just get fucked up and talk about shit. But um, uh you know, it was really weird because you, for a while, I, I thought, you know, oh, in a few months, we'll be able to like actually physically, you know, be with each other. And there's a, a closer group of friends who we know are, you know, safe and they're doing these things. You can, you can be with those people, but wider beyond that, it's, you know, it's a risk. And so um, for me, what has been um, keeping me going actually is, um, a lot of the podcasts, I mean, I started listening to Matt like way back uh, when you had uh, Huron from uh, Battlecross. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I wasn't really a consistent listener because I like listened to a little bit as I was driving to work. I don't live that far from work, but uh, it's still a drive. And um, with, the, uh, with the pandemic, you know, I became full-time work from home. I do IT work. And so it was just like, all right, we're, we're all working from home and it's been this uh it's been actually the best thing has been um me and my wife we, we get up in the morning we do like um either lift weights or go like walk six seven miles or go run or whatever but all that time you know you've got the podcast going and you're running through all these great things and to me that's that's what's been the, the savior really is i've picked up like a bunch of stuff from you know getting back into the catalog of uh, Matt, your box and hops, and then a bunch of different podcasts, and then music. Um, Jerry, I've been following that that uh, the list you have. So uh, those have been the things that have uh, kept me going, and especially this music. I mean, um, there's lots of great music coming out, and being able to spend some time writing about that. And um, as I was telling um, 
Matt, before we kind of started the recording is that uh, I listened to the Jasta um, interview he did and he was giving Jamie a, a sandwich for, uh, you know, being his inspiration to start a podcast. And uh, I owe Matt a sandwich and a beer uh, because he, you, you were definitely my inspiration. I was like, you know, I've got an idea and, you know, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm not Matt from Cryptopsy, but, you know, Chuck from Michigan. So what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, you know yeah. everyone, Chuck. Everyone knows you. A podcast is easy. You just have to just keep going. Just don't yeah. stop. A lot of people start podcasts, but they don't continue them. So, so the, the, the success to a podcast is, is quality content and consistent content. And that's, that's what I've been striving to do and, and just continuing to do. And that is my, my goal. Last year, my, my motto was, I had mottos with Jess, my wife, producer of the wow. podcast. Last week, it was initially baby steps towards greatness. This year, it's just keep going, don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> keep, it, keep it quality, keep it consistent. That, that's, that's the motto for, for 2020. Awesome. And that's it's working. So, so just and, and it is a good concept. I like the, the fans with bands concept, and I like the name. Just, just, just keep going, don't stop. And uh, they will come to you. That's that's really really what what will happening. Thanks, man. Yeah. So far, it's uh, you know, it's I've only done a few. I'm trying to build up the content so we can get something rolling, and um, uh, it's been really fun. I mean, just getting to hang out with folks and just you know talk about music, which I love, and just get an insight into people's lives. Um, so I was kind of curious, Jerry, um, being from the Dallas area. Um, how much of a Pantera fan were you? Huge. Yeah? Huge, yeah. Uh, my first show was, uh, I was 16. It was Pantera, Slayer, Static X, and Morbid Angel. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, the, the girl I dated at the time, her uncle was a tour bus driver, and I got to meet Static X. Like, I got to meet Wayne and Tony and Ken. I can't remember who. I think, I think Trip was the other guitarist at the time. It was uh, right after they put out Machine, and Static X was like my favorite band. So that was like a dream come true. But yeah, I've I've always been a huge Pantera fan, and I will yeah. always be. One of the best uh, pits stage diving adventures I ever had was a Pantera show at this little place called the the Ritz. It's gone now in Detroit, but um, I went to see Wrathchild America, um, and this band called Pantera was opening up, and it was just fucking crazy like everybody was on the stage running off jumping and everything it was so fun <laughs> yeah i think that show when pantera took the stage everybody from because it was at our big amphitheater everyone from the lawn just took off for the stage and it was just mass chaos so i was like there with my like 16 year old girlfriend and her dad because like a family thing when the uncle came in town everybody everybody went and you know got to see him and her dad like looked at me with this like terror and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> you know, people are tearing up chairs and like stuff's flying everywhere. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do this. And that's why seated metal shows don't work. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, I'm and, surprised and, that the Gary stuff went over. Well, I love that band. It's very, I'm glad that everyone kept seated. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being a front man at a social distance show. And everyone's seated. Yeah. And then you you start, you know, I start slit your guts. <laughs> and then I have to go, wait, wait, guys. No, you no, you gotta sit back down. Is that, is that, <laughs> is that really gonna whose responsibility is it to to maintain the order of the room? Oh right. right. Yeah. Is it the band or is it the, the, the venue or is it the security? And then we have another good level of, of police or policing happening when, when already everyone is, is, is not content with that happening in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And now we should wait. Another reason to wait. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yes. No, that's good. So uh, Matt, what, what would be one of your, uh, like when you were going to shows and, and even now, like what, what's a highlight for you as far as a show that you went to that you had a great time? And well, early on, early on the, the, my first, I don't know if it's my first or my second, but, but something that really marked me, was uh, I was a new metal child, so so I, I got the Slipknot CD, the the self-titled, the first one, and then a week later they were coming to Montreal. It was just like that. 
in, in, I don't know when the CD came out, but that's when I got it. And so I went and I hadn't seen, I didn't have the internet. And I, so I only had seen the pictures in the booklet and they were opening. It was Slipknot, um, Machine Head and Cold Chamber headlining. Oh, cool. So, so go to the gig and here they come, they come out on stage. And I was, I was, you know, an impressionable youth and sensitive <laughs> fragile <laughs> and, and, I, and i and i was i was afraid <laughs> so that, that that marked me definitely definitely and uh, the pit was intense and i didn't yeah. last more than a song i don't think and but it was a great show what a good yeah. show and uh the slipknot stole it of course right. machine head was on their 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 new metal kick burr the the uh, davidian or no, no. Later, later. The the the. It was the, the really with him with the spiky hair. Oh, okay. With Robin, the, the the. Yeah. The spiky hair and and Cole Chaper was on their second album, tour and yeah. So it's so a Slipknot just ate everyone alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the only time I've ever been afraid in the pit is at Slipknot, um, seeing them at Ozfest and mm. uh, they were second stage at that point and uh, it was just fucking chaos i mean you were if you lost your footing you were gonna get crushed yeah so it was like holy shit i gotta get the hell out of here yeah and there was a small room in montreal it was in the spectrum which i subsequently played with through my scream uh opening for soulfly and that was like a huge moment for me like in my career uh, of of a opening for for max yeah and b playing that room where i first had that experience but another show after, that's why I wasn't sure if it was the first or second, is I went and saw the Family Values Tour in Montreal. And that was uh, opening, I think it was Orgy, and then it was Incubus, and then it was Corn. Right. Ramstein wasn't there, sadly. It was that year. But I guess they couldn't come into Montreal, into Canada or something. And then, too, I went into the pit, and then it was like one of those pits where it's like just leaning, yeah. you know, like, like <laughs> and, and you're not even standing up anymore. It was, it right. was terrifying. I was like, I'm done with this. <laughs> And I went and sat down or stood up and watched the rest of the show. But it was, I knew I wanted to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah that's, that was me with any Lamb of God show. It's like oh. the whole, the whole room is just swaying and like, no one's really standing on both feet and you know, you got like 20 people fall down, you pick them all up and another yep. 20 people fall down. Those are that. Yeah. Lamb of God has always been the most intense pits I've ever been in. And like you, you, you're participating in the pit no matter what because yeah, it's a GA show. It's yeah. everybody's everybody's in the pit. Yeah, I I uh, got thrown out of Lamb of God in Detroit uh, for uh, too much stage diving. Um, <laughs> it was security. It was security. Too no, much man. stage right. diving, yeah, man. I, I went up three times and they're like, "You gotta get the fuck out of here." And so then I my I left my I had a leather jacket and I left it with my buddy because I'm like I'm going in the pit and. Uh, He's so he had to end up holding on to my coat the whole time. And as I sat outside and it's fucking cold and in Detroit, like freezing my ass off, no, you know, sweaty and everything. But yeah, Lamb of God, always fun. <laughs> Lamb of God kills it. That was not a defining moment. I played another big room here in, in Montreal. There was the Spectrum and then there was uh, the Metropolis, which they have now called M Telus, which none of the real metalheads here. <laughs> used but that is what it's called now and uh cryptopsy got this call to open for islam god behemoth and then it would have been cryptopsy opening wow. and we did that gig and it was it was insane we did it was while we were doing none so vile in its entirety so they like we they offered us 30 minutes and we're like while we're doing none so vile it's it's like 35 minutes can we just start five minutes earlier and just do our set and they were like yeah that's cool so oh awesome that nice. was that was crazy. I brought my dad, and my dad watched me play Metropolis, which was a for for me. It's like a pinnacle moment of of my career. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so I was curious, um, what is uh like as far as the um if you were gonna offer like one album to someone and say, uh, this is something that really defines what I love about music. What would that be? Mm-hmm. That's a hard question. Yeah. So I'll go so many shades. Yeah. Hmm. For me, if someone really wants to know what like really get got me into extreme music, definitely Dark Tranquility's Fiction. That was one of the first albums 
back in the mid 2000s. Cause I mean, I listened to Slipknot and Tool, I come more of the commercial bands before mm-hmm. that. That was one of the more death metal type albums that really just grabbed me. Either that or Genesis by Job for a Cowboy. Oh, yeah, that's a great album. Something so formative for me. That, that another thing that, like, the thing that's cool about extreme music, a lot of the times, what draws us into it is that we're afraid of it. And and th- that was that was Antichrist Superstar from Marilyn Manson, and and I still think that record holds up to today. It's it's fantastic. The production is is amazing, and the 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 vibe of it is amazing. And that's yeah. something that that I think as a hundred years from now you're gonna listen to that, and it's still disturbing. I hope yeah. so, because because what the hell are the kid, these kids gonna be listening to? <laughs> if that's not disturbing. <laughs> well, yeah, and what always disturbed me about that was those videos, you know, because you're like, oh yeah. Christ, what the hell is yeah, going on? Who here? is this guy? What what is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so I got I got introduced to Manson with smells like uh smells like Teen children? Spirit. Smells like yeah, smells, smells like, like no, children. That, smells like children. My my friend down the street from me had that album and we listened to that and I was like, what the hell is this? I was like ten or eleven. I was like he's a couple of years older than me. I was like, what the hell are you have me listen to, man? Like this is <laughs> messed up man yeah for me my, my first manson was an american uh portrait of american family awesome and that's that still works too the the, the riffs are, are catchy as fuck and... yeah yeah oh yeah so uh so guys we we're just about out of time and um so first off i want to thank you so much for for being a part of the show um my the last thing i wanted to ask you is like uh what are you looking forward to in the next six months and either one of you can go, whoever has the eye. Uh... I'll let Matt go first this time. Right. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I have uh, a few milestones coming up. My two-year anniversary is coming up. Yeah. Uh, when, when are you going to be airing this chat? Uh, it's probably going to be next month. So Next month? Th- yeah, three weeks. I'll probably. Three weeks, three weeks. Because I'll, I'll say what it is if, if, it's, if it's for real in three weeks. Because I'm going to be airing it on, on the 30th of, of October. Oh yeah, no, it, I don't think we'll be. I don't think this show will be out then. Anyways, I'm sure I'll have announced it by then to create some hype. <laughs> but right. um, for my two-year uh, Vox and Hops anniversary, which is uh, I'm going to be releasing an episode on October 30th. Uh, I just recorded it last Saturday. I have all of the Cryptopsy vocalists in one room. Holy uh, shit! Lord Worm, Mike DeSalvo, wow. Martin Lacroix, and myself in a Zoom roundtable chat hosted by Bradley Zordrager of Banger TV. Oh, he came awesome. in and oh, is my guest awesome. host. And uh, we went for two hours plus. We, we enjoyed a bunch of beers. We had a bunch of uh, great conversations and topics. It, uh, I'm really looking forward to getting that out. Uh, the editing of it, I'm not looking forward to, but it's, <laughs> it's going to be a challenge, but it's going to be worth it. And it's going to be amazing. Uh, I'm very, very excited about that. I'm also excited, I think about a week later than that or two weeks later than that, I'm going to have my 200th episode. I'm still wrestling who I'm going to have as that guest, but it's going to be someone amazing. And I'm excited about that. So, so that's what I'm excited about in the next few weeks. That's for sure. Cool. Awesome. Jerry, how about you, man? Oh, and the, the Vox and Overhops. Collab yes. beer from Overhop yes. Canada oh, yes. and, and Vox and Hop. Sorry, I, that's also coincides with the two-year anniversary. Yeah, I hit them up and uh, the the Overhop crew were just so cool and were yes immediately. So we're doing a double dry hopped um, New England IPA with Enigma hops, Citra, and I should remember this, but I can't remember. There's a third hop. I think it's Vic Secret. So, so I'm very excited to, to brew it, first of all, and it's going to be available as of November 21st up here in Montreal. And uh, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Jerry, how about you, man? Just, just more music, man. I'm just so excited for uh, some, new, some more new music and uh, a little bit of stability at work. We've lost a few people who quit and it'll be by the end of the year to where I'm not running around like crazy. But, and, you know. <laughs> not physically exhausted after eight, eight hours of work, but uh, right. yeah, just new music and some stability. Cool. Awesome. Well, I guys, have one more thing too. I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it, man. I, I, I'm a hustler, so I never stop. Uh, there's also a collab <laughs> happening between <laughs> Kanawagi Brewing Company and Cryptopsy. There's a new beer coming out. 
Is that uh, the cattle- crispy that had been talked about? That's right. Yes, it's the crisp topsy. Crisp topsy. Pilsner supremacy is coming out. Uh, that will be coming dropping in November as well. The artwork is amazing. It was done by Box and Hops alumni, uh, Philip, who does uh, artwork for a bunch of bands here and across the globe, such as uh, uh, Augury and, and a bunch of other bands. He's he's an amazing artist. He he works for a video game. He, he just kills it, and uh, it's basically like a modern reworking of Whisper Supremacy oh, cool. artwork, which I have aspirations into turning into a new Cryptopsy shirt after the beer collab thing happens. So, so uh, I'm stoked about it. It's a double dry hop Pilsner. It's going to be a new world Pilsner. It's definitely not going to be a German style classic. So it's uh, uh, a Pilsner supremacy that, <laughs> that falls more into an avant-garde Pilsner. So anyone that's thinking it's going to be the best Pilsner they've ever had, it's definitely a new world Pilsner. So I just want everyone to get that in their minds. But awesome. I'm stoked about that. And uh, Drew Stevens from Kenawage that uh, is brewing this for me. I'm, very grateful for as well that's awesome i i wish i was in canada right now <laughs> yeah same here man when he announced this i was like i know damn it <laughs> i know beer trades i know <laughs> yes yeah, yeah i mentioned that like beer trading is highly illegal in texas and someone was like i live in iowa and it's illegal here too it was like, it's highly illegal everywhere. it's highly good and, and do yeah. not do it people no yeah it's, it's illegal we cannot yeah. do illegal things <laughs> all right brothers uh, thank you so much for the conversation. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah. Cheers, thank you. guys. Thank you. It was a true, Cheers. true pleasure. All right. My beer's empty. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. Thank you. Thanks again to Matt and Jerry for joining me in this episode of Fans with Bands. Be sure to check out the technical depth ecstasy of Cryptopsy and head over to Fox and Hops podcast for great conversations about beer and metal. See the show notes for links. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>